Hello, lovelies. I hope you're having a wonderful day and welcome to another episode of Confessions of a PYP Teacher. This is confession number 83, which is going to be an overview for our design thinking challenge. So we're going to look at how do we create a prototype. And when I think of a prototype, my mind does not go towards something that was printed, you know, utilizing 3D technology or a miniature building created by an architect. Instead, my mind reels back in time to the 30th anniversary of Disneyland when I was 12 years old. That's way, 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 way back there. And I remember sharing the day with my family in particular, my grandparents and my grandfather, who worked his whole entire life for the Southern Pacific Railroad. He started off as a train conductor and then worked himself through the ranks to become an executive in the San Francisco office. And one thing that my grandfather taught me was to be naturally curious about how the world works. And he had this mentality in everything he did. Manual typewriters, computers. Well, actually, he didn't really like computers, I won't lie. Um, Cameras. He had different types of cameras to look at their functionality. He was very much interested in looking at mechanisms of things. And how did they come together to work? And this was no exception when we were on the happiest place on earth. He could not help himself. And so we went through the park that day. You know, I had some fun. I went on some mild rides. We never did any of the scaries. But we explored more the history and the functionality of the park. So imagine being 12 years old doing this, right? And one of the highlights of our trip to Disneyland that year was a model of the entire park um, in a 3D miniature. And I remember being mesmerized at the intricate detail of each part of the model and how it created something beautiful as a whole. It truly was a work of art. And he was naturally curious about how this piece of art came to be. And my grandfather pointed out all of the elements that needed, you know, to make this park function that were found in the model, such as architecture and those aesthetics, right? When we think of aesthetics, we're thinking of what it makes it look like Disneyland from difference from being Universal Studios. What makes it special? And then looking at, you know, the public services that are available, um, bathrooms, information booths, uh, making sure that you have areas for those um, with disabilities, right? Meeting all those human needs, but then also having places for shopping and getting food and making sure that transportation's available so all people have access to the park, not just those that can walk. And then also the engineering, how did they create the layout and all of those pieces that make the rides, of course, Um, and then also looking at those human resources that are needed in order to make the park function. I just remember marveling at all of these elements and how they shape that 
Disney magic, right? From someone dressed as Cinderella to the floral displays that shaped into the face of Mickey Mouse. And this same magic that was found at Disneyland can be found in our teaching practice. Similar to Walt Disney, we as educators have a passion to create learning that's going to create a happy memory for our learners. Think about that, happy memories for our learners. And instead of a 3D model, our prototype is our unit of inquiry planner. Instead of physically creating a model, we are curating learning engagements throughout a unit that will provoke, challenge, and connect thinking. That's our, that's our main goal. That's what we live for. And we do this by looking at all the elements of the PYP as a vehicle towards a transdisciplinary approach to learning. Now you're saying, but Lou, why are we going back to transdisciplinary? Because we have to consider the story of our unit of inquiry planner. What's the story? What does it tell you? What does it tell our learners? Does it tell the story of unified ideas that lead to deeper understanding of the transdisciplinary theme descriptor, the central idea, and the lines of inquiry? Is the learning and teaching aligned to make these the focus of everything we do and how we leverage our content standards to be examples keyword examples of these bigger ideas rather than isolated things that we have to teach. And it really took me a long time to recognize that all of the different parts of the PYP unit planner were designed to support the Centra idea. That's a big aha. And when I finally had this aha moment, it changed how and what I planned. I no longer created activities that taught my standards and guidelines separately. We don't have time for that. Instead, I created learning that engaged thinking and helped my learners to make connections between the different content areas. This is a vast difference. It's a time saver as well. Time is usually the number one things that PYP teachers complain about. And it's because you're not using your time as efficiently as you could. So how do we break this down into bite-sized pieces? It's all about modeling best practice. This is another layer to establishing a prototype of learning within the design thinking process. How are you modeling best practice to your learners? Are you teaching a discrete skill or skills and having learners mirror you exactly? We don't have time for that. I've seen that a lot where teachers say, okay, do this and now copy what I've written in my interactive notebook. Where, okay, let me back that up. I want to ask when I see that, where's the actual thinking going on? All I see is children copying your notes and you do all the thinking and all they're doing is copying. Where's the learning in that? There is no learning in that. And we oftentimes will do this thinking that, well, we're using a notebook, we're not using a worksheet, but they're exactly the same thing. It's just handwritten. When we don't 
It's about curating experiences, remember. And so thinking about that, my friends, it's looking at how we develop critical and creative thinking within our learners. Are we doing that? So are we asking questions instead of telling? And that took me a long time to figure out what people were saying about that. But really, when you are teaching and you're giving the information, that's telling. So instead, give a little mini lesson on how to and then ask a lot of questions. How can you possibly do this in your own way? What's this going to look like with your focus of the content? What kind of plan are you going to need in order to make this happen? What questions do you have that drive your thinking? And so forth. I will never forget the moment I realized that my teaching needed to be overhauled. And this was not a big revolutionary moment in my life. I just remember a particular lesson giving directions to my learners with an expectation that they get it. Meaning, I'm assuming you already have the skill set because of what we've taught or what I perceived was taught that you can do this on your own. And I just gave some directions. And I remember that day, most of my learners, even the quote unquote smart ones, the ones that are self-starters, the ones that are, you know, self-initiated, those go-getters, they were starting to flail. Meaning they were like, what the heck am I doing? And they were starting to feel very insecure because they were unsure what to do. And I noticed that, All of a sudden, behavior issues started to rise and there was a less accountable talk happening. And during our debrief session, those independent learners shared their frustration in not completing the task and they provided feedback and feed forward to me. And it was at that moment I realized that I had failed my learners because I had not modeled the desired outcome. And from that day, I actively model processes before each independent or small group task. So modeling doesn't have to be big or take a lot of time. And sometimes I use think aloud while going through a task in front of my learners. I'm I'm doing what I call a twofer. I got to direct teach anyway, so I'm going to put myself in the role of the learner and model what I might be thinking so that I can kind of role play what it is that needs to be done so when they go through it, they've already seen the process. Genius. I didn't come up with it. Someone else smarter than me did. But it really helps to do think-alouds because it provides possibilities of how to, you know, answer open-ended tasks. And by thinking aloud through the process, I modeled that desired outcome so that, you know, ultimately students know what to do. And once I finish, we generally have a list of possibilities of entry points for their independent practice because along the way, I'm not just talking to myself. I'm also asking questions. Hey, how do you think I could possibly solve this? And then they give me ideas and I put them um, onto my anchor chart so that the students feel like they're part of the decision-making process. Once again, agency. Now, there are different ways that you can model 
But as I've grown in my understanding of think alouds, I've tried to incorporate the ATLs and the MYP command terms into them. You're gonna say MYP, I said MYP, because there are certain command terms that are assigned with um, assessment that we can trickle down into our practice in the PYP, so they're ready for the MYP. So here we go. Ah, are you ready for this? I think your brain's gonna explode. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. So think aloud with ATLs. So when you think about the approaches to learning or the ATLs, they are skills learners need in order to become independent. They're open-ended skills that can be applied in a variety of ways with all content areas. And when I use the ATLs as part of a think aloud, I usually go through this process. First, I choose an ATL subskill that I want to focus on for the week or the or for duration of time. And now in the ATLs and their subskills, what students can do, there's bullet points. So I pick one bullet point. And so here's an example. In our sharing the planet um, unit of inquiry, we are focusing on sharing finite resources. One possible way is conservation and recycling, right? Those kind of go hand in hand. That's why it's one. So to help my learners to understand these ideas, I've decided to focus on the ATL subskill of generating novel ideas. This comes under creative thinking in um, the, the category of thinking skills. And what I want to do is zoom in to what does that look like? And one possibility is to make unexpected or unusual connections between objects and or ideas. Okay, so now I need the next step is to break down the subskill into words that learners will understand. So here's my model. What does it mean to generate new ideas? I think it means to make or come up with new ideas. So how can he do this? I'm gonna look at objects, which are things, and ideas, so things that I think about, or thoughts, and try to come up with new ways to think about them. That's all right, so I'm gonna look at some things, I'm gonna look at some ideas I have, and try to come up with new ways to use them. This means that I can't put down the normal ideas I come up with. I'm gonna have to use my creativity. So how can I possibly do this? And now here's the entry point for learners to help you. The next step, present a possible situation where we can put the ATL into action. Hmm, I need to come up with a better way to recycle at our school. I know that we already have blue tubs to collect used paper and scraps. But there are and there, there are also tubs to, you know, collect plastic water bottles too. I wonder what I can do about single-use plastic water bottles. I visited some other schools and they have a water filter system in some water fountains where you can fill up your reusable water bottle. I wonder what I can do to get one at our school. I wonder what impact it would have on our use of single-use plastics. And now you can get students to be involved. <laughs> Exciting, right? I love it. 
All right, so the next one is think aloud with MYP command terms. So we're gonna mirror the process. So choose an MYP command term that I want, uh, that I'm gonna focus on for one week or a duration of time. So in our um, unit um, of inquiry on sharing the planet, we're focusing on sharing finite resources. One possible way is conservation and recycling. To help me learn about these ideas, we have decided, I have decided, whatever, to focus on the MYP command terms. We have chosen formulate, which means to express precisely and systematically the relevant concepts and arguments. So now we need to break that down into terms learners are going to understand. Hmm. I wonder what it means to express precisely. What does that look like or feel like? I think precisely means using strong and clear words so people can understand my ideas. This means I need to really consider my word choice so others understand the ideas that are in my mind. And when I think of systematically, I hear the word systems. And when I think of systems, I think of a bike. I see lots of parts on a bike that work together so that the bike can move forward. So I think systematically means using words in an order that makes sense so other people can understand me. And I can use the do this by using concepts to make connections between ideas and maybe create an argument. See how that works. Now we need to present a situation where we can put the command term into action. When we wanna change someone else's opinion and that possibly leads to action, we have to come up with an argument that touches their heart and their minds. I can do this through a story, an image, or a video. And one possible way to get people to care about recycling is to show how plastic bags impact living things in the ocean. I can show images or videos of bags in the ocean and how it impacts fish, seals, coral reefs, um, seagrasses, and other living things in the ocean. Um, and how and why this matters. And this can be used in a message of how to take more responsibility in sharing our planet with other living things. Whoa. So now my brain is kind of on an overload, but I, I think you kind of have an understanding that our unit planner, it has to be connected. It has to be a prototype that is unified instead of segmented parts because that is not transdisciplinarity. It's about how can we bring all the parts of the PYP together? And then once we bring them all together, how then can we model that so that our students really understand them in their own language? A big thanks to my friend Vidya who listened to me this week because I was struggling with this. And she acted as a cheerleader and provided provided a lot of ideas that sparked my curiosity and moved me forward. So now it's time, my friends, to go over to the next episode to the challenge. So have fun with it.